Are you ready to get real? Welcome to Real Estate, the world's loneliest career, where you're always out of balance, unfulfilled, the role models are fake, the numbers unattainable, and you're just supposed to be and do it all. Join self-made millionaire real estate agents, wives, moms, and business owners as we level up, learn from special guests, and elevate and disrupt an entire industry through real education our way. Hi, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Um, we are here with our new friend, Susana Medrano, today. She is from Waters International Realty, which uh, hopefully will, everyone will remember that we had Chris Waters, who is uh, one of the founders of that organization on the show, I think about a year ago, maybe a little longer than that. But um, that was an incredible episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that. But uh, Susana is amazing. Her resume is incredible. I was just reading through it. She's been a licensed agent since 2013. In her first year, she closed 45 transactions, which is remarkable. Um, second year, she was a top producer for her entire brokerage. She was a team leader in her third year. So just absolutely phenomenal levels of success. Of success. And she has um, she's coached hundreds and hundreds of agents all across Central Texas and probably even across the United States. Uh, Susana, tell us a little bit about your foray from the legal industry into real estate and how that happened for you. Sure. So, you know, I'm sure that both of you may have had potentially a midlife crisis, either in 20 or 30 something, you know, where you're like heading in one way and then somehow or another, this opportunity presents itself too good to be true. If not now, when? And so I was literally in my early thirties and was at that point, very embedded in the nonprofit world. So I'd started in the, in the legal sector and then from there got extremely motivated on just the protection of certain people's rights and things of that nature. So then lo and behold, that's when I went all in into the nonprofit world. But as you will know, there's like a ceiling to that. Like it is, it is just something that we do it for the love, right? Mm -hmm. And just because it's in our heart. And then at some point, when you start looking around and reflecting, it's like, and at that point, it's like, what is my legacy going to be? And where, where am I going to be able to position myself as the firstborn Latina on both sides of the family? How can I position myself to be the go-to person if anything were to happen in my family? So when my mind started going there, um, it ended up being this this conversation at a gala, I was a few scotches in the, the now president, uh, Bradley Pounds, who was a friend of mine, he's my favorite bartender, by the way, secret, like in another establishment. So, you know, I was always venting my life frustrations to him. And then now he's a team leader at a team with no brand recognition. Nobody knew who Waters International was. Yeah. And for some weird reason, it just seemed right for me to quit my job and get licensed in 90 days and go all in in real estate. And I sit in front of you today saying it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. I, I was listening to y'all's tagline, elevate and disrupt. It's exactly what happened. Like mm. I elevated and disrupted all mm. the, the things of, of, of what people said you couldn't do, can't do, and have proven it in a short amount of time. If you believe in yourself, you're, you're, you can really truly do anything. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So 
from that to selling 45 houses in your first year. So talk us through that. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> you know, you know, not much has changed in what I did then to where we are now in this current market. Mm. Like really like not much has changed. Like take the LP mama, throw that shit out the window. Like that mm -hmm. really does not work. The consumer Yes, you need to know it to know just, you know, the, the basis of questions. Yeah. But coming from a social work background, what the consumer wants is connection. So early on, on any phone call and any kind of face to face, and I'm having to like dust off these principles, even for our current agents, you know, oh, yeah. even a couple of months ago, up until a couple of months ago, you didn't have to worry about being a market expert or even uh, setting expectations, it just sold itself. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but oh, yeah. now, it's like half of the realtor population hasn't been through something where you really have to work your yeah. ass off. And, yeah. and, and it's not going to take two weeks. It's going to take two months to even get started. That will take a year. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me early on, it was it, connecting with the consumer, whether it was on the phone or face to face pivoting into exploring what their fears were or what their their highest need was again nothing with lp mama it's just building building you know just normal basic yeah. understanding leveraging myself yes i was a rookie agent i have a pot to piss in they didn't need to know that i just had to sell them on you know what it was that we offered as a brokerage we know they're going to give you objections. You got to be prepared for at least three no's, right? Yeah. Still ask for the business. Let's meet anyway. Let's go on that courtesy showing anyway. And to be quite honest, that's what I did that first year in just making 13,000 dials. <laughs> but it got better. Every day I got better. Every day we got better, like with my team. And so I not much has changed from then to where we are now. So for people that are listening, um, you just brought up an excellent point, which is kind of what we've been saying for the last several months, which is many, many agents out there. And this is nothing to be ashamed of or Absolutely. embarrassed about. Like, you know, it is just how it's been, but they probably don't even know what LP Mama is. <laughs> um, so it's location, price, motivation, agent, mortgage appointment, right? right? So those are steps that a lot of us who have more tactical real estate sales training. Um, those of us who were trained in markets where you had to have sales training, like kind of we're pivoting to now, uh, that is a very standard way of them teaching us how to, you know, you pick up the phone, you connect with someone, you go through the LP mama questions, right? It's a kind of like a chart of how you're supposed to move through the conversation with people. But so when you were working for your nonprofit, um, you just said you made 13,000 dials in that first year. Were you in a position where you were, was that what you did in your nonprofit or was calling in on the phone? In my last sector, yes. I was okay. at the American Cancer Society as a cancer information specialist. So probably made just as many dials as I did in my first year in real estate. But in those calls, you know, they're caregivers that are stressed out, that are needing support or uh, trying to find resources as far as financial types of things. Uh, it's actual, the actual cancer patients that we're calling to set up rides to and from. Cause think in terms of, you know, you get six weeks of radiation every day between friends and family, depending on what time it is, right. It's always scheduled like in some, like yeah. to think in terms of in that and, and having my father go through something like that as well. I mm -hmm. mean, 
it was it was a very interesting opportunity for me to have gone through because it really made me understand just like i said connection exploring what mm. their need was leveraging how we were going to help them knowing that sometimes they were going to potentially not agree or maybe kind of put up some some objections on that this is too good to be true mm -hmm. and then setting them up for success i love that if they're it's a service business right service business both are um and the agents who actually this is interesting the agents in in our opinion who do incredibly well are service providers. They're people who authentically like you care about, uh, you know, the customer that they're working with. Um, I did hear someone yesterday say, I was at a conference yesterday and actually I took away a lot of really good information, but there were a couple things that I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but he, I understand where he's going with this. He said that in the upcoming market agents need to learn how to emotionally distance themselves from their transactions a little bit. Um, you know, because like Angela and I were talking about this morning, you know, I was up until 1130 last night working on one uh, that I woke up again to this morning after, you know, five hours of sleep that is now not going to happen. So I understand the principle of maybe like emotionally uh, learning to not to distance yourself from the outcome of the transaction a little bit, but he was he said um the agents that emotionally connect with their clients you're the ones that i worry about in the coming market and i was like Ooh, don't don't like that so yeah i don't think i fundamentally agree with that i mean i respect yeah. his opinion but honestly i think you know the consumer themselves have gotten very savvy in the sense that they already have all the tools at their fingertips right yeah. like they really truly do do and it's almost borderline to a point if you are not going to connect and build that type of credibility and trust with them. I mean, they can call just the 1% down the street and get in the house. And then before you know it, that company is writing their offer and boom. Like, so, I, I mean, I can kind of see where he's coming from. Like, I think the way I take that to mean, because I had to learn this early on in my first year, is to detach from the outcome, meaning that just because I wanted my client to win doesn't necessarily mean that they wanted to win or they were okay not asking for certain things. And yeah. I respect that. Early on, I was like, oh, hell no. No, we're going all in. Let me be your warrior. Let, yeah. me, let me get you all the bells and whistles. But I mean, again, the reason why I was able to even get in front of them was based on, I would say, not detaching from their outcome, kind of taking on their fight, yeah. right? So piggybacking yeah. off of that, I have seen, and I'm sure Lindsay has seen, uh, kind of like a rash of buyers that seem disconnected from a transaction where they either have lost so much hope that they don't care or they don't think it'll ever happen anyway, that they get buyer's remorse immediately. Like after writing an offer 24 hours later, we don't want the house now. Okay, sure. why though? Like what? what is going on? Like who are you talking to? Who's in your ear? Like there's just no real like, I don't want to say like loyalty in a transaction, but I feel like there's, there's no buy-in from them. Maybe the hope is gone right now. 
I think it's fear. Oh, fear. Yeah. I think it's fear and ego, right? Like I, they, they're the. Uh, I love that Susanna is the cursor because we're big cursors here. So we're yeah. just gonna, I mean, it's like the big swinging contest has swung the other direction, and now the buyers got the BDE, and they're like, we are in charge. So I think it's like it's ego. So let me two second tell you what happened to my deal last night. So. I, I was negotiating this all for three days uh, until 1130 at night last night. Um, and they came in with an offer that was unbelievably low. Like real, like we get we're going to have to negotiate too low. And my sellers, because of the position that they're in, barely countered. They countered up $5,000 higher. So basically they were getting the offensive offer plus $5,000, which is like the deal of the universe. But then I woke up this morning at 5.30 this morning to a one text message from the agent that said, just kidding, they changed their mind. That's actually like word for word what the message said. And then he accidentally um, responded to my feedback request from his showing, meaning to send it to what I'm assuming is the agent of the other house that they're interested in because he wrote me a feedback response saying, we offered on this one property, but they wouldn't come down to our price. So we're gonna see if you would come down to where we want you to be. So they're just shopping. Uh -huh. I don't that think they have any connection here now. I don't care. They're just they're buyers for, for, for a disaster. You just want the deal, I think. Like it's, it's about it's, them, it's not about the client, right? It's no. not the agent that is a per that unfortunately that's kind of what happens right like you you brought up like i think fear is definitely what's going on not only from the perspective of the consumer but also of our agents right mm -hmm. and when that becomes a powerful motivator it affects the psychology and and in that what ends up happening is anxiety anxiety on the agent's part anxiety on our consumer's part so guess what? This is where agents have to be agents. And the ones that haven't lived through this, this is where they now, instead of just booking people on the uh, you know phone, now they have to take it a step further, build rapport, show value, uh -huh. set proper expectations, explain how they are the ones that are going to lead them into home ownership or, you know, and selling their house. And so what, a powerful agents, the ones that win, and we're going to win this year coming into this whole thing, is the ones that are able to get their clients to open up, tell them, tell us their fears, and then we, in fact, replace those fears with peace of mind because they feel, they feel validated with the right agent that is going to help them. Whether it's that day or a year from now, they are now setting up the stage based on, you know, working with the fear, not not you know working against the fair not working with them is, is kind of what i see is happening right now yeah and i think to, a long-winded answer i just no i think it's perfect i think to the agents that are not just good on the phones but good at getting in front of people physically and connecting in front of them and literally holding them by the hand and saying i'm gonna be here are the ones that will still be here next year um mm -hmm. I'm curious, very curious to see how many do not renew um, in our MLS because um, we have about 5,000. Lindsay has about like a bajillion. 50,000 50, almost. Yeah. We got 15, uh, 20,000 in Austin right now. Yeah. I, I, again, I didn't check the stat from the conference yesterday, but um, he said already down like 5% across the United States. So, but I mean, what you're both explaining is the job. 
And you know, that's what this is the work. Like, that's what's bothering me the most. It is. And that's what's bothering me the most about where we're at is the pervasive messaging in the industry right now is so much. This is a problem. This is exploding. We're crashing. We're this, we're that. Everything's wrong. Blah, everything's on fire. We're all going to die. Where, um, you know, again, like if you aren't seasoned, you've never been through a market like this before, nothing to be embarrassed about, but but this is the job, you know, um, this is returning to a market that is more normal. And this is returning to Fun. a career in which market. you work. It's yeah. like supposed to be. The job was never like, how fast can I jump in the car and drive to six houses, open the door, you know, throw the keys back in the lockbox and like write an offer from the Chick-fil-A parking lot as fast as humanly possible and lose six. Like that was never, that was never the job. That's what's not normal. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like I try to avoid just the media as far as those types of messaging, because then, like I said, you know, it's that fear that's creating and instilling fear in our customers and also fear in our agents. And so for me to be a good leader, then I have to model the behavior that I want my agents to also model in the sense that we got to be confident. We got to be assumptive. We got to be customer service oriented people. And oh, my goodness, guess what? you may have to dig out your little real estate books and actually learn, uh, you know, some fundamental components if we don't have time to get to it in our brokerage. I mean, you two are pillars in y'all's real estate areas, right? And I would imagine, and just kind of, you know, stalking you a little bit here and there, like <laughs> the people that you probably either work with you or work for you, they're showing up because you two show up, like mm -hmm. because you are starting it from the top. And it's the same thing. I think, you know, the ones that are standing, which I'm going to say my team will. Why? Because I believe in them and I believe in, in our leadership to get them where they need to be is I don't care all the buzz around, like all the negativity, all the fear. It's about this is the most amazing time to make and help build up well-rounded agents. Uh -huh. Can I take a moment for a quick public service announcement about social media posting? Mm -hmm. If you're all posting the same fucking post that's incorrect numbers, you all look like idiots. I love it. I love it. You'll know. I, oh, I love it. I love it's, it. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's so bad. Um, I just hate the fact that, and we've said this on the show, we're super candid here. The public's been right. Right. Like real estate agents, I, I'm never going to say overpaid because I do believe regardless of the market, we work hard and we are valuable. But I can see why buyers and sellers over the last several years have been like, why do I need an agent? Why is this agent making somebody, you know, um, and we've said this on the show, your value goes up exponentially the more difficult that a market is. Right. It's the same thing as like. Um, an attorney, you come from the legal world, right? Like the attorney that you hire to represent you for jaywalking is not the same attorney that you hire to represent you for murder one, right? You want the best when you're in a more difficult situation. And so um, agents need to understand that their skill level needs to come up to on par the difficulty of the market. And everyone's got a lot of time right now. It's quiet. It's slow. Everyone should be in every class that they can, they should be going to every conference. They should be going to, you know, calling Susanna and saying, can I 
virtually jump in on a training with you guys going to, you know, every learning everything that they can. Doubling down on effort, doubling down on effort and actions and not only our agents, but us as leaders too, because we, you know, for the last year too, we didn't necessarily, maybe some of us not, I'm not saying it was me, but I've witnessed this because I'm coaching also middle managers and team owners across the country is you let down your guard because the market is taking care of itself. Absolutely not. Like it's time also for leadership to go back into the trenches and make things fun. Like if your people are not showing up, this November is always a good time. And I, I did this exercise with our sales managers uh, yesterday. It's like, what does the climate feel like in your office right now? Mm. Does it feel fun? Are people showing up? And if not, then how do we fucking fix this? Because we don't, we already have all this other added pressure, right? And if we can't make it fun and make people come so that we can get them coached up, trained up, motivated, that we don't need those individuals come January 1. But I'm like, I'm going to hold you leaders mm-hmm. to the standard of how are you showing up? Well, and, and we've said this too, um, I think what's especially difficult right now is that coming off the last several years emotionally after COVID and all this craziness that we've been through as a world, um, you know, and, and the market being the pace that it was at, I think most of us, a lot of us kind of felt like we'll coast through the back end of 2022 and into 2023 and we'll just breathe. And as the world loves to do, life loves to do, the minute that you think you have your feet underneath you, it's like, whoop you know, pivot. And so I think just what a lot of people are struggling with um, is that get up and, and go. Like, how, how do you get back in the saddle? So how are you um, coaching both newer agents into a market where you have to dig in and work harder? And and mindset is so important right Absolutely. now. And then also like your veteran agents that are like, whoa, wait, what? We have to go back to like, pull out the books? What the hell is this again? Yeah, you know, I, I coach... I probably do about five to seven sessions a week, like not only for the agents listing and buy side, I also do the sales managers, team owners, coordinators, things like that. So I, my, my style is I like to take a month for a theme. Mm -hmm. So this whole month of November has been all about foundation. Last month of October for us was all about resetting, like resetting different kinds of things. So for example, like for this month, I literally had a session on just second pillar like being that market expert, like just fundamentals that, you know what, you didn't ever have to be bookmarked to the Federal Reserve, but guess what? Now you do. Now you need to be bookmarked on your favorite lender to find out what are the things being said. Oh my goodness, guess what? Now you might have to get the newspaper. Yes, get the Metro State and start educating about what's coming in and what's going out, right? And then the same thing, you know, like with the leadership, it's like, okay, let's inspect our car here. Like here, we're getting our agents to reset fundamentals. What does the foundation look like and upon which where we want them to come in, have good morale, execute and work as a team. So mm-hmm. it's just all like top level, very, very important for, for anybody, you know, to make sure that they're in an organization where they feel valued and where they feel that they are gaining perspective and not losing it. I really like the way that, uh, first of all, I love your month theme. I feel like we could do that on the show and that'd be really cool. Um, But I love that you said 
you took some time to reset and then some time to go back into the fundamentals. Um, I've heard so many people again yesterday, you know, everybody just saying like, increase your activities 30%, but there are so many. They don't know how. What are the what, what does that even mean? You can increase it, but if, if again, let's not make assumptions. Some of them don't know in the way that we want them to know, right? So it's like, as, as and you know, like as leaders, we got to inspect what we expect. Like I can expect what they're saying on the phone, but if I'm not going to listen to recorded calls and realize why they're not getting it, then that's an opportunity to reset, set up the foundation and understand you're scaring people with LP mama. You're going, you're sounding like a damn robot. Put a mirror on your, on, on your, on your computer, stand up so you can project. And I just want to hear you make a friend for two minutes and mm -hmm. at least overcome a no, like let's not even go for the appointment yet. And all about, let's just go get the meeting. Right. So mm -hmm. it's those kind of things that are, it's going to separate the, the donkeys from the, the, you know, the racehorses come January, 2023. So where do you, um, I don't like walk us through what you would tell every agent to do right now, new or veteran, like what should they be focusing on? You know, cause it's, this isn't, I feel like I've just been trying to calm everyone down, which is hilarious. I'm the girl with the chronic anxiety. So that's really funny. You know, I take tequila for that and occasional scotch. So I mean, yeah, yeah. We're all fans of medication for anxiety here, but, um, and everyone needs it right now, but it just is like, it's so, everyone is so freaked out right now. Um, you know, and so I just like, it's normal to have to do these activities, like increase your activities 30%. Like, that's normal, right? All of this is like a return to what we should be doing. Right. It's just people haven't done it in so long or they don't remember how to do it or they don't even know what it is, um, right. you know? So so what is what should everyone be doing right now? So the, the first phrase that I'll, I'll tee this up for is you as the agent have to get it before your customers get it. Meaning your customers are already savvy. They're already halfway there. So let's go ahead and start there. And it's okay. Like if you are not feeling well-rounded and, and we like to, at Waters, we like to break it down into like the three pillars. The first one is you got to have to have mastered inside sales as far as just phone, basic phone things. Guess what? Some of us may have to revisit that because customers are already telling you where they wanted to go make the fifth offer on, right? So Check yourself. I've been telling all my agents, give yourself a rating from a scale of one to 10. How good are you really on the phone? And wherever you are, what would make you a 10? And at that, what do you own into getting yourself there? Like I can tell you what to say. I can, I can tell you where to go find the answer, but also where are you going to level yourself up there? Because that's part of it. Now, second pillar is what we're, I think that's what we're all discussing it is something that's having to come back now. It's about showing value, setting proper expectations. We didn't have to do that a couple of months ago. Hell, we didn't even have to do that a year ago. We have to do that now. So then again, you know, I can I can tell you how to set that. I can tell you how to negotiate. But if you're not role playing, oh, my God, guess that concept is if you're not role playing these things and getting, you know, finding an accountability partner. I tell my team, if you can't find someone, call me. I'll, I'll get you warm before you hit the phones. Like even face to face, a lot of us are having to go to showings with our client, our, our, our agents to see exactly it, what, how are they even setting expectations there? 
going on shadowing our listing agents. Like, are they setting proper expectations? This shit's not going to take two weeks. It's going to take six months, right? Mm -hmm. And that it's, you're probably going to have to do two or three price reductions. How do you frame that? Again, uh, that's where we as leadership need to get involved. And then finally, the third pillar, I would say, rate yourself here. How good are you in the understanding of the contract of your state? And how good are you in, in, in being able to understand the market trend? Hmm. Give yourself a rating there. If it's not at a 10, then what do you own or what conferences or trainings do you need to be independently aware that that is what is needed? So those are just some ideas just on from a perspective. Anybody could do this today. Give yourself a rating. If you're not at a 10, where what do you do? So let's break that down. So pillar one is get comfortable and get good on the phones, right? Mm -hmm. um, and for everyone listening, we have people across the spectrum all over the United States, actually all over the world. People listen to us in Portugal. I love it. I love that for y'all. I don't know if you're there, but we love you. Um, so whether you are a person who works a sphere-based business, a person who works um, a business where you make outgoing cold calls to people, you do have to use the telephone, right? Even um, with other agents, like how do you how do yeah. you talk to the other side now? Instead of this damn text, don't text me. Get on the phone and tell me what you want. Like that is not. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know if that's y'all style, but I prefer. Like oh, yeah. and I tell me, I don't care. I don't care if they're a broker. Twenty five years. Those are usually the worst. Like what you need to do, pick up the damn phone and learn how to speak to the other side. Yeah. So um, Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott helped me tremendously. That's an incredible book. It's short. It's easy to read and break down. Um, she does classes on it. You can do online. That's a kick-ass book on, um, yeah, it's on your shelf, I'm sure. Learning, Yeah, learning how to um, talk to people. I feel like that's a good one. Never Split the Difference. Chris Voss, that's probably on your shelf. Yep. Yeah. Just, just monitor, you know, mo modeling it for the for the audience. For the audience, yes. Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss is another one. That's a book about negotiation. I would pick both of those up um, if you don't rate. Listen, I don't rate myself a 10 on the phone. Maybe that's just because I'm hard on myself and I don't rate myself a 10 at anything. But I'm going to go back to all three of these pillars, too. So those are two great books on um, leveling up your communication and negotiation skills. What else do you think people can do to get better at pillar one being on the phone? Honestly, I'm even going to even take it to what was the first real estate book I ever read. Yes. The third one was the, you know, six, six ways to seven figures by Pat Hibben. Yeah. But the first real estate book, I still, if you could see how worn out this poor book is, um, and I probably have had to buy like 10 copies of it. So it's like, just get it. Like Dirk Zeller's Telephone mm -hmm. Skills for Dummies is probably one of the most amazing first pillar books that, you know, coming even from the social work world and learning how to flip that into even a sales perspective, which is similar, but there's some differences, right? But really understanding the disprofile profile of tone, pace, and choice mm -hmm. of words and how you're able to convert even faster when you understand how someone presents themselves just without even seeing them face to face. So, you know, just a, for first pillar, definitely probably any agent struggling or any senior agent that just wants to own the fact that they may need to just kind of check their skills. 
I'm going to tell you this one, this one is, is one that is uh, definitely all about first pillar. I just put those books up in the uh, chat for everybody who is uh, reading or watching along. So, um, okay. So get your communication skills on par. That's first pillar rate yourself one to 10 and keep leveling up every day. Right. Um, by the way, Angela and I are always around if people want to role play on things too. So, you know, me too. Me too. Put my number on here. Uh, oh lady. my gosh, no, it would be so fun. We should do a live role play clinic. Let's do it. I'm a hot seat. Um, okay, so pillar number two is walk us through pillar number two and what everyone Pillar number do. two is the face to face conversion, like being able to uh, show value at some point. A lot of the times they're not going to come meet you at the office. Let's be real. Like it's about, let me see the house, but in that house, the first house or the last house you're showing, or even, you know, if it's a listing presentation, you have to demonstrate the fact that you know what you're talking about. So that the, the second pillar, this is scripts, this is role play. This is just basic understanding on how to sell a house, how to buy a house. How, how would you tell someone that they could close in 30 days? What are the steps? And can you do it in less than 15 minutes? How do you convince someone in less than two hours that you are the realtor out of the last 10 as to why they, they, they should go with your brokerage and you're going to charge them even 1% more, right? Mm -hmm. Because of all the bills and whistles. So that is all a second pillar of, of just knowing and rating yourself on showing value value proposition what's your i mean there's a million books a million different clinics on you know your your unique value proposition your unique all the millions of different things so um a gentleman i was sitting in that class next to yesterday had 51 years in real estate he was the cutest little old man i've ever met in my whole life um and he said to me he said to me i'm I've been in the business 51 years. I have 51. I could rattle them off all right now off the top of my head. Uh, 51 reasons why for every year in the business, every people should hire me over another agent. And I was like, I love that, you know, so sit down and, and, and it was, some of them were like off the wall, asinine, ridiculous things, but they could be really important to someone. Like one of them was I'll never let your property freeze. Well, we're here in Colorado. Some people probably don't even know what that means, but basically he was saying, you know, uh, if your property is vacant or you're out of town, I'll go over and make sure your heat turns on if we have a day like today when it snows. That's it's starting to freeze in Austin, Texas right now. Yeah, I know. It's insane. So, you know, sit down and write a list of and I do feel like this is a place where newer agents can shine a little bit because you have time to do a really off the wall, bananas, crazy, full blown Disneyland service things for mm -hmm. people where people carrying a bigger book of business might not. So sit down and write your list of all the reasons why someone should. And have a power statement showing value is what is your two to three minute spiel about why you are going to be their agent. So this one, the only sales guide you're ever going to need by Anthony um, I can never say his last name, no, 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 no. Yeah. but this one, but this one would help you with that second pillar. It's all about how you become different than everybody else that's shown in the house, like your confidence level, conscious level, um, all the different things. Cause if, if you don't believe it, how the hell can they believe in you being that? Right. So that's all this, this book does a hell of a job of just breaking it down, not even salesy, but it's about you like as a person, how you need to be showing up 
to these appointments and showing up on the phone to our clients. Our guest last week, it was, so he works Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia area. Um, a big area of the Philadelphia. Down south area, right? You're down the. No, he's a Harry Cherry. He's a, although we love Paul, the down, flipping down south guy, but I, I saw um, that one. That one's, that one's very good. Yeah. So, but Harry is a luxury specialist in Philadelphia. Mm. And he literally told us that he knows like this blew my mind. Every single estate in his area who built it, who the designer was, who owns it, who owned it prior to that. They're pillar. You know, like enormous amounts of market knowledge, right? So go into the third pillar and why that's important. Well, again, that information, I wonder from your, from your under perspective, how long did it take him to get that knowledge? Fast. But I mean, he, you know, I kind of wish everybody would think about it the way that he thought about it, which is, he was young, he was hungry, he was going into a very compressed market where, you know, the agents are the best of the best of the best because mm -hmm. he went straight into luxury sales. Um, he, I mean, he just said he, he spent, he said he still spends two hours every day researching his market. Absolutely. And that's the thing, right? It's like, are you getting, are you getting Metro State news, some kind of chamber of commerce, some sort of business guide, a lot of those have free links. I always tell my agents and even inside sales agents, just read the headlines. Like right. if that is an area where you're about to show, then click on it and just become a market expert. The other thing on third pillar is take out your contract, the state contract that is in your state, print that shit out, write down your own phrasing about how you would explain that to someone. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's yeah. an attorney state or not, but how do, would you explain that in 30 minutes or less? Because now we need to demonstrate that to the consumer that's very fearful right now. Take the time. Even if they've already bought or sold, doesn't matter. Listing agreement, whether it's the listing agreement or even the damn contract, we got to know what to say and how to say it. And presenting that to someone that doesn't, they don't care about all the legalese terms in there. We're not attorneys either. But guess what? We got to have a story that makes sense to them that can connect with them as to why they should trust you before they write their initials and give their signature on that contract. Yep. I mean, Lindsay and I, when we worked for the builder, we used to go through the builder's contract and highlight a whole portion and then write it in normal English. Yep. English. It, it's like one <laughs> sentence instead of the four paragraphs that they went through. So yeah. this is what it means. And you can read it upside down because you know, every single section of that contract. I could probably still recite that contract. I, I know. I can't do like this. This, what this means is deed restrictions. It doesn't mean it's all this other crap. Like it's just right. Words. Like it's does. It's not seven different. Exactly. But guess yeah. what? Our agents need to have that broken down. They need to be able to break that down and understand it and believe in it. Cause hello, we're in the customer service industry. If you don't know what that says, then why are you even practicing real estate? And I think that's the problem is that currently with this shift, that is going to be really showing the consumer who really is a legitimate realtor and who was just writing, writing it out, just, you know, being asked backwards and falling into deals, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, we'll wipe the fucking floor with you right now on our knowledge base if you're not prepared. And again, like Angela has, she said this and now I keep saying it nonstop. What you're heavy on right now is time. Time's your greatest resource as an agent right now. So go study, go learn, you know, like. Double down on your efforts. 
and your actions. And honestly, like if you are the one that's posting that stuff in the morning, like, hey, here's what our market is doing and here's where I found it. Every other agent in town is too lazy to do their own research. Okay. So what are they going to do? They're going to share yours. Mm -hmm. So what's great about that is your name is still on it every single time. So, so the client is not stupid. They're going to see who's sharing it and who's actually the person that's the one that actually started that post. Um, but that's where you should be getting your information, not from some random person. We don't even know if they're a real agent that posted a breakdown of, what the market was like last year versus what it's like this year and how much your house payment's going to be and how different it is. Um, agents that are posting on social media about what the interest rate is, you guys are going to lose your ass. You got to piss off one person for them to report you and you're going to get in some deep shit. Don't do that. You're not a lender. Yeah. For the love of God, go study, go study the ethics and your real estate commission rules, by the way, too. That's something else to study. Dusting yeah. off the code of ethics. Like, yeah. exactly. That is going to come into play uh, big, a, time. For big time next year. Like, As people get more now. desperate, that's going to be a big, big issue for people. Like, desperation, like, unfortunately, brings out the bad in our industry and the good. Absolutely. Uh, well, we called that, like, a year and a half ago on this show. We said the yeah. more the market compresses, which... Uh, in the last two, three years was compressing because of speed of the market um, and now is compressing because of slothiness is that the word now <laughs> market. Um, but, you know, agents start to swipe at each other for all kinds of shit. Right. And so, like, you have to make sure you're really tight and really buttoned up because people are going to come for you. And just Dora, who's our governing agency in Colorado, just put out an article this week that said they just hired like over 200 new investigators, right? So you- I'm not surprised. What better way, like we've been talking about, is 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 the checking in yourself on those three pillars. Where do you rate yourself? If you're not at a 10, you need to be on a, at a 10 or on your way to a 10 by January 1. Or the bigger players, y'all are going to take the market share. Like this is, yeah. the, like if they want to compete, they we all have to be at a level 10. Yeah. I will say to you, the other thing that I've seen this week is I've had a ton of agents in the past two weeks that have reached out to me that just want to have coffee with me, other agents, other brokerages that want to pick my brain about the market and tell me about how um, the challenges that they're having and ask for my advice. And honestly, my advice right now is if you can't figure it out and you can't figure out how to get clients, join a team or, you know, that's what's going to happen, you know, or you're going to lose, you're going to not be able to pay your dues every year. Like you're gonna have to figure out how to have the discipline to make the phone calls, to make your social media posts, to do the things you're supposed to do every day. And if you don't, you either need to join a team where you're gonna be held accountable for those things, which is what you probably need is accountability, mm -hmm. or you're not gonna be here next year. Unfortunately, that's that's what's gonna happen. That's what's. And gonna I want to stop and say two things there. You're so right. I mean, number one. Um, you guys in this real estate environment are blessed to have teams, okay? And I am sick of reading posts in big groups where people are like, you know, but I have to pay them this percentage of a split. Angela and I came up in a business where teams literally did not exist, right? So it was either like we did what we had to do to feed our babies or we were the And sometimes we did all of it at one time, right? We didn't have a choice. There was no one that would give us training. There wasn't anyone who would give us mentorship there wasn't anyone who would um you know give us leads like 
leads weren't even a thing back then, kids, right? So the, the fact that you have a training ground where you can go, where someone will give you leads, accountability, leverage, support, mentorship, emotional support, I would run to them. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Right. Also, right? every single person you meet or see or communicate with in any way is a lead for you if you do it right. Absolutely. Like, I don't understand why agents always come to me like, mm, can I, should I be buying leads? I'm like, yeah, you can buy leads if you want to, but like every single person you meet out there is a lead. To them. Do you know how to show value? If yeah. when you finally get them, are you, do you know where to pivot and to share, you know, market information yeah. with that person? Like and my second point is the brokerage. Ugh, like I can't even, um, you know, this is, it's been negligent. We've talked about that on the show for years. Like, um, the way that brokers have been not training like it you know the last couple of years it's just been like get a real estate license sign up with a brokerage and get a deal and go out and do it like there there is no there's barely contract classes there's barely support there's barely knowledge you know so if you're not in a place and we're all in different places right angela's a boutique broker owner i'm with a national company you are a uh, national, national company we're in like 18 different areas yeah, so go to a place where they're going to to train you. It isn't normal th that people would be sitting listening to this going, I don't know what the pillars are. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know what to do, right? So if you're in a place where you're not getting the knowledge that you need, then go to other places, right? Like, Absolutely. Right. I also think it's weird when the brokerage that you've signed up to work for um, – doesn't train you and tells you that unless you pay for this extra special thing, you're not going to get any training. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What no, are they doing for when they're signing up for your brokerage? Like if you're not even having like a training every week or every two weeks, like why, why would people stay there? I don't understand. I like, don't either. That information share is how you bring your community together, your office together. Like having more knowledge than everybody else is, is a massive tool in your tool belt. Like, what? I don't understand it. I don't get it. Well, in January, I think they say statistically is like the number one month where most people switch brokerages. So we're coming up on that. Um, you know, you as an agent, you interview the brokerage, you hire the brokerage, right? You pay the brokerage. It's not the other way around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you should be in a place where I mean, I just, I hope, I mean, I know you guys are, I hope other brokerages across the country are picking up trainings. And well, right. I mean, the grow. recruiting efforts have already started even two, three months ago. It's like, you know, if you're not already like that, what we're describing, if you're not already having the success that you were promised, why yeah. wait till January 1? Let's go ahead and get you started now so that we can get you coached up on these, on these fundamentals and resetting your expectations so that you're already you're, you already have your buyer's pipeline or your listing pipeline ready to blow past it come January 1. So I think anybody who's waiting even to recruit now, I want to tell you as a team owner, a team leader, you're probably too damn late. Like, that's the thing. Like, you should have already been having these conversations even two or three months ago in the recruiting efforts of trying to take, you know, somebody else's top talent as, you know, whether you're top grading or not. It's just sometimes the benefit of the doubt is that person wasn't potentially coached or trained in their appropriate way. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I also think that right now though, we're going to start seeing a lot of the individual agents that are like, Oh shit, I need to join a team. 
Yeah. Where's uh, my leads? Right. Where's my leads? Like, yeah. where's my leads? Yeah, I agree. Nobody ever gave me leads. What the fuck? <laughs> it's not fair. Um, but I mean, like I said, like I, dude. I fantasize about leaving my business sometimes and moving to some others. I'll move to Texas and join Waters. Like you guys, are we going to be there? We leverage and you know all that stuff. But a team is a blessing, um, you know, especially right now. And I, I don't think anyone should ever feel bad about being a solo practitioner and maybe moving to a team for a season. I mean, it's it's going and getting the support, the training, the tools that you need in order to, you know, be able to really be a real estate practice in, in the next market that comes. And, you know, I think that it just bothers me so much. I mean, real estate used to be, it was a beautiful thing to aspire to be, to be a real estate agent. And and we've let it become kind of a joke, I feel like over the last couple of years, because we haven't been good enough. And so to me, a return to a market where we have to be better is not a bad thing. And helping one another out. Like, you know, if, if I have, and this has happened even this year where I had an agent on the other side of the fence, not with my brokerage, it was my, happened to be my brother-in-law's house. And that agent wrote the contract incorrectly. Um, you know, just all different fundamentals. So, you know, without going counteractive to what my client was needing, you know, I just picked up the phone and just said, okay, are you really sure that you really want to put that in that paragraph? Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand that paragraph, tell me right now and I will under, I will, I will get you to understand what you are potentially putting your client in. And to be quite honest, like we now have like a friendship now based on me just taking that time to help lead, help lead that other side to be able to have a win-win for our client's experience, right? Like, I think that's part of it is, you know, we mentioned fear, we mentioned ego. I do anticipate, you know, as this is shifting, now we're going to need each other more than we thought we ever needed each other. Yeah. Other than being that listing agent that was poo-poo, I'm going to pick out of 20 offers. No, no. Now you might be like lucky to have gotten an offer and even $20,000 less. But how do you have that conversation and trying to help level that up now? Right. And yeah. I think that's part of it is I think we, as an industry, we, we as individuals and one of the you know pop, most populated professions in the country is I think we also have to take ownership of that. And if we want it to be better then we ourselves need to make it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Big agree. 100%. And I think as agents um, right now are deciding what they're going to do for the next year or two years of their life, if they're going to move brokerages, um, I would encourage people to think back on how many times you've had to call other brokers outside of your brokerage for help. Um, because I have recently probably taken this this month alone, and we're only on what, the 15th? I've probably taken 17, 18 calls from agents outside of my brokerage, all with the same brokerage outside of my brokerage. It's a very large conglomerate with a couple letters. Sure. Um, and there's no <laughs> one for them to ask. Like, if there's no, no I one hear to you. ask, it doesn't matter what your stock options are. Like, what the hell? No, I, I'm people? right there with you. I've had to take phone calls from either past agents that decided to go, you know, off to greener pastures. And now... Yeah. Now when it's getting back into reality, 
hey, Susana, you have a couple of minutes. Sure. What's going on? Yeah. So like, there's this deal and I know you don't, you're busy. And I'm like, just call me what's going on. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, don't let the pride get in front of it. It's fine. You know, right. but I think we are seeing a lot more of that. Right. If you're having to call someone else four and five times a month, like for help, you're not getting the help you need where you are. Mm-hmm. You need to maybe think about making that change at this point. Absolutely. And, and while I love the idea of those large places, sometimes you need more education. You need somebody that's going to answer the phone that's going to be there for you and walk you through it and maybe even be there to hold your hand in person. Um, because I can't, I mean, it's ridiculous to me how how little support there is out there yeah. for agents mm-hmm. and education for agents. Like, I don't understand. The first couple brokerages that you pick in your lifetime are really, really, really important to how successful you're going to be um, with your entire career. Like, you need a place where you're going to learn. And it might cost you a little bit more. Um, choosing the cheap place is probably not the the good choice there. You want a place where there's going to be real education from real Which people. is another thing that I think that people don't even realize that haven't been through a shift before. The cheap places don't stay in business. Absolutely. So, um, you know, every time that the market shifts, historically, those places don't tend to stay around because it's that's pillar two, right? What's the value proposition? Sure. Um, you know, and so they need to be held accountable to their agents for doing the right things by their agents. The the problem, and I mean, listen, the whole industry is sick. It's just as it is what it is. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but um, you know, you have a lot of brokers who are inexperienced. You have a lot of team leaders who are recruiters. Or only, not, titles, or only or, look at title. It's not really about playing it forward, right? Exactly, right. And you've got a lot of, um, you know, places where maybe you've got one who's doing recruiting, who's doing brokering, all the deals, you know, it's just not possible at a high level. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, for me, I, man, if you're not in a place going into 2023 where you have strong support from your brokerage, whatever that is to you, yeah, I would move. I, I would, I'm not joking. I would move, do it before January 1, freaking ask them to pay for your business cards and your signs, just get it over with and, and be done because you're with it. Absolutely. I am, I am 1000% in support of what you just said. Yeah. You're going to need it. I mean, there's, I, I need it. You know, I mean, the, I actually, I was at an event for my brokerage the other day. I've been in this business 21 years. I have a managing broker's license. So does Angela, right? Like we both could be brokers um and my broker was making fun of me in front of like not making fun we were teasing each other in front of a hundred people you know and he was like man every time you freaking call me i just know it's gonna be a shit show you know (laughs) i need brokerage support you all do me you know i need someone to call i need someone to run things by an accountability Uh, partner like you know especially with this climate changing absolutely you need to. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, with, um, you know, when a market changes and you have to get more creative, mm-hmm. you got to make sure that your creative is legal. Legal, legal and ethical, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I was going to ask you to tell us maybe real quick, like five things that you would say everyone should do before the end of the year. Um, but for me, I think we all just landed on number one, which is whether you're on a team, a brokerage, or a single agent, like just get in the right place get in the um, right place yeah you need support you better be in a brokerage that's supporting you or a team that's supporting you right now 
Number two, you better start educating yourself on what you do for a living, whatever that means on those three pillars, right? Like double down on effort. Number three would be time blocking, like knowing now knowing what you know, the importance of going ahead now while it's slow time, establishing your schedule and making sure that 70% of your time is into direct producing activities, which again, if, if I'm saying something out there for social media world, if you don't know what that means, again, this is a key indicator that you're at the wrong place. You probably should go find a brokerage that is going to tell you what are the activities that you should be spending your time with in making that money. Number four is also going to be about subscribing to things that are of like, like empowering your mind, whether it is reading every day for 30 minutes, which I like to do that every, every, every morning, whether it's exercising, taking care of yourself, like you can't take care of your clients. You can't take care of your families if you're not doing something proactive right now to take care of yourself. So that's recommendation number four, especially in, in, in what was about to happen in trying times. And then the fifth, the fifth thing that I have been become quite a bit of a fan of this past year is finding these types of things in social media, the podcast, people that have already been there, done that. And if, if you're not being set up for success, and being able to hear messaging today or in whatever day that you happen to listen, you get to hear people's stories. And if you find a connection there, then right. boom, it just solidifies what you need to do and what next steps you need to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Figure out the type of agent you want to be and follow that agent mm. and emulate them until you fake it until you can make it. Boom. I love that. Angela, do you have anything to add other things everybody should do by the end of the year? Apparently I need to take care of myself uh, big time. I will tell you um, this time of the year for me is really difficult because um, I redo my goals for the year and mm -hmm. I realize which ones I fell short of. And I'm really hard on myself. Um, like I have Lindsay and I did our goals together last year um, and I have my goal board. Holy so shit. I'm going through it today. And that's legit girls. That's legit. Yeah, we don't play. We get all fancy. Uh, one of our other agent friends, Melissa, up in Breckenridge, had us up for a nice goal-setting day. Oh, uh, and, and by the way, sorry to interrupt you. Um, I just had a total brain fart, but we have an amazing episode on how to build a dream board. And she sends these kits to you, and they're the cutest thing in the whole world. It comes with the poster board and all the pieces and everything that you need. So if you need to build a vision board for this year, go back and listen to the dream board episode. Sorry, yeah. Angie. Um, dream board. Look at your goals. Figure out what you did and what you didn't accomplish. And right now I'm figuring out what I didn't accomplish. And I'm really, really, really hard on myself. So I need to figure out how to take care of myself in that, mm -hmm. um, in that mental space. Um, I would say my number two most important thing right now is if you literally today start a Facebook group page for a niche community, um, by January 1st, that thing will be popping. Do you know how many events that you have in the communities right now? Mm -hmm. um, like crazy amounts. Like it's Thanksgiving time coming up. Mm -hmm. You've got all of that content you could be posting. Um, you could become a neighborhood um, advocate and legend within that neighborhood if mm -hmm. you do it right right now. Um, the holiday is tough for a lot of people. It's also a really great way for you to connect with a community of people. Um, so you've got tons of opportunities. So create your Facebook pages now, make a group and start posting in there. Talk about what you're doing in the community. Um, you know, what the community events are, um, you know, and 
if people are missing an item for Thanksgiving or something and the groceries are closed, like have all of those things right. so you can donate that to their cause and say, Hey, I saw that you were missing your evaporated milk for your shit ass pumpkin pie that you're real trying to <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> here it is. I dropped it off on your porch. Like, there you go. Um, and please, if I see you posting that you're giving out pies, please don't tag me in that shit. I hate that shit. Be more creative for the love of God. Like no one is going to remember you. And if they do, um, after you dropped off your like $16 pie, um, it's probably because they're so expensive. It's probably because that pie tastes like shit. Um, cause nobody likes pumpkin pie. This is like what I've come to realize. Like there's no way. I, pumpkin pie. Pie. I like pumpkin and I'm like, I mean, pecan. Come pecan is great. Pecan but is it's the amazing. same thing that everybody else is doing. Yes. If you're doing the same Agreed. thing that everybody else is doing. How are you going to be different? Learn how to stand out is yes. That's a big deal. No, I agree for sure. And I think, um, for me, what should you do by the end of the year? I, I have two things. Um, be brave, right? So if you're struggling with something, figure out what it is, investigate it, go to other people that can help you with it. Um, people are scared right now. They're in fear. They're, they're upset. They're worried about how they're going to pay their bills and how they're going to do Christmas for their kids. And I mean, this is like real shit, you guys, like Customers oh. and agents, customers and agents are having yes. the same kind of fears and yes. some of our leaders too, right? Oh, like, oh yeah. Don't let it fester, right? Um, you know, so if you need anxiety medication, like we all raised our hands, go get it. If you need, um, you know, more support from your brokerage, go get it. If you need to have conversations with your loved ones about the fact that you're going to have to dig in and work harder and you need support, go have those conversations. Um, I think that's really really important right now because um even uh, people that have done this are struggling you know big time right now so go and go and get the help and then um you know pick one or two things that you're gonna do to increase your activities in and and really hit those hard and then go on to adding other things so like take that list of seven million things that you're gonna do to prospect or whatever it is and narrow it down to maybe like one to three things and work on those really, really hard. And once you've mastered them, uh, go on to the next thing because you know what's the saying? Like when you know everything, you're not good at anything, right? So yeah. I feel like everybody's like, I've written down a thousand things and I'm gonna do all this stuff. And this guy said, do this. And this girl said, do this. Just pick a couple, work at them really hard and then add others. Otherwise you're never gonna get anything done. Yeah. Susanna, anything else you think they should do before the end of the year? You were great with your ideas. I wrote down notes. I love it. I would have to end it with what you said. Elevate yourself and disrupt the industry. Like position yourself to level up and and elevate yourself wherever you are and be prepared to be the one that disrupts your part of town. Like, come on. That's I mean, if not now, when? And if, if you know you're just gonna be like everybody else that's struggling. Like don't do that. Just be different. Obviously, what they're doing isn't working. Do your own thing. It's okay to be scared. I hope everyone hears that. It's okay to be in fear. It's okay to be scared about what's happening right now. It's okay to feel like you're floundering. All that is okay. But, like, get the fuck up and do something about it. And I'm not saying that. It's not okay to stay there. I'm saying that to myself, too, right? Like, you know, all of us, like you said, leaders all the way to people who are brand new in this business. It's okay to get hit, but you got to get back up, you know? Yeah. You can take a day, but you can't stay there. That's right. Yes. 
this was awesome. I learned a ton today. I took a ton of notes. Thank you, you so much. You're amazing, man. I am a big fan. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Like this is, y'all are amazing. I'm, I'm oh, a, big, a big fan. I kind of would really like to have you back to do a live role play Let's class. Do, Let's do it. it. I feel like we're probably, uh -huh. you would teach us some stuff. So we'll Let's do it. That shit excites me. Like, let's go. I know. I feel like you're the role play partner that I'm afraid to role play live on yeah. Facebook. Okay. Right? I'm scared of you guys too. I just have to keep <laughs> showing it. <laughs> yeah, it's mutual. All right, guys. Susanna, hang up with us for a minute and we'll see everybody else next Tuesday. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Angela and Lindsay would love to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Connect with the Homegirls on social media at The Real Homegirls Podcast.